Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. It's me back again. Talk some more MMA, combat sports, and everything else fun going on in all of that, uh, all of the mix craziness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so ooh, this week has been not so bad, kind of uneventful, which is good. Considering last week being so damn crazy, as far as uh, work went, I'm trying to adjust my fan because like kind of warm and I don't want to get hot, and I'm trying to do it without cooking and I screwing it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So last week, big Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz fight, you know, didn't go my way, <laughs> the way I wanted it to at least, but. It was entertaining overall. The entire event was pretty damn good, uh, which is more than I can say for some of the previous events that Jake Paul has been a part of. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I watched it. A lot of people had a lot of negative things to say, but it's all good. That's the way it goes. We're going to go over that. That's going to be the first thing we're going to go over because I have a lot to say about that, and I want to cover it right away. But there's some other... Crazy fight announcements going on with things within that realm of influencer boxing slash um, crossover boxing, I guess you can call it. And, you know, there's always UFC fights. So we got a big, not a big, but a UFC fight night this weekend. Not too bad of a card. A couple big names. Uh, what else we got? Some Bellator going on. Some BKFC. And I think that's it. And then we'll go over Ultimate Fighter from last week. Uh, this this week, I should say, because that was Tuesday. <laughs> I forget what day it is. If Tuesday felt like four days ago for me. I don't know why. Just this week has been kind of weird, the way it's gone down. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So I will get right to it. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're here with me. Um, Check out the chat. I'm sending something right now. Uh, hit up the chat if you want to talk about anything with me or want want me to address something, questions or comments, whatever. Try to keep it cool. Uh, and see what else. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, I already said that. Like, subscribe if you haven't already. All that good stuff. Let's just get into it because I'm ready to talk about everything that went on last weekend. And all of the other stuff that has gone on throughout the week. So we'll get right into it. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to come up, wanted to talk about before I got into everything. Nah, let's just do it. Let's get right into it. Get the music going in the background. Let's get all the visuals up and running. Let's get started. And like I said, We'll get started with that Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz event that went on last Saturday. This was what everybody was talking about, obviously, because it's a it's Jake Paul, whether it's negative or positive comments and banter going on about that. It's always uh, he's always being talked about. There's a reason for that. You know, he's been big in the YouTube space for so long. Uh, 
negatively or positively, whatever you want to, however you want to think about it. We all have mixed feelings. I know I do. Um, you're going to learn some different feelings I have about Jake Paul coming up here in a little bit. But he was uh, partaking in a professional boxing match versus one of my f most favorite MMA fighters of all time, Nate Diaz. And, you know, there was a lot to be said about this. <laughs> People were doubting it was going to be good, uh, doubting uh, the abilities of both fighters, you know, all the normal shit that usually happens. I thought it was a pretty entertaining event, a pretty entertaining fight. And yeah, it is what it is. The outcome was not what I wanted. The entire fight didn't go down how I would like it to have gone down. I was hoping that Diaz would test him a bit more. Um, I was hoping that, you know, it would be a bit more back and forth. And, you know, it kind of was a little bit here and there, but not nearly as much as I would hope. And Jake Paul just came out there looking good, doing good. And Diaz just looked a little flat. So it is what it is. Uh, but the other the other uh, matches that happened that I was interested in were pretty decent as well. So we'll talk about those first. Whew. That drink is strong. I don't know what I did to it this time, but it's kind of strong. So let's get started with uh, Nate Diaz's teammate, Chris Avila versus former UFC uh, fighter, Jeremy Stevens. So, I mean, this fight was not as crazy as I thought it might be. You know, Jeremy Stevens also looked a little flat. He didn't seem to come out swinging like crazy like I thought he would. Uh, he was a little more timid i guess and chris avila has not really fought big name actual fighters uh since he started his boxing you know started in all this boxing stuff so it, it was an okay fight you know it wasn't anything crazy but it was entertaining to say the least i you know it wasn't something i wanted to turn off i didn't watch absolutely every single second of it because i was going back and forth between ufc event that was happening the fight night that was happening that night as well at the same time uh crazy enough throughout all of the fights leading up to jake paul versus nate diaz the ufc fights were on as well and then the main event of the ufc actually finished right before the main event of paul versus diaz started so that was kind of cool because i was watching in the secondary screen kind of smaller than my tv uh watching the the, the boxing there and then I moved it over once the main event was done. Actually, a little before, because the main event of UFC Fight Night was a little bit slow. So, uh, during the Serrano-Hardy fight, I actually switched it over. But yeah, Chris Avila uh, looked pretty damn good in this fight, you know? He uh, pretty much worked. Josh, uh, Josh Thompson, what the hell am I thinking? Jeremy Stevens. I don't know why I get those two mixed up. If you know MMA... You know, J Josh Thompson and Jeremy Stevens, both MMA fighters, both fought in the UFC. They're both kind of same stature, same kind of style as far as like how they look. So it's a, it's a little weird. I get them mixed up for some reason. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But again, Chris Avila looked pretty damn good. He put it on Jeremy Stevens. Uh, you know, landing a lot, lots of punches here, left and right, and didn't really have to 
take a lot of damage. Uh, Jeremy Stevens didn't do a ton to, uh, you know, to combat everything that Avila was doing. So, in the end, Chris Avila got the win. You know, there was no knockouts or anything like that, but, you know, the decision win, and he looked pretty damn good in another professional boxing match for him. So, we'll see what comes up for him next, because he seems like he wants to stay doing this kind of thing and keep going in boxing. Uh, who knows if he'll ever go back to MMA. But for now, he's going to, you know, keep having uh, fights in boxing. And who knows? Maybe he fights another ex-MMA fighter or maybe he, you know, moves into like a lower level professional boxer of some sort. Who knows? But he looked pretty good and I was pretty happy that he got that win. Then we move on to the big women's fight that happened. Amanda Serrano versus uh, Heather Hardy. And this was this was a good fight because Serrano is just she's so she's so good you know she's just a she's tactful you know she's a tactician she really like thinks about what she does she doesn't go nuts she is very calculated and she puts on a show and the thing between her and heather hardy is that they've actually trained before and i think you know maybe they've done a lot of training and stuff before but they had a lot of respect for each other i know there's a bit of a history there between them two and so there was a lot of respect and i feel like that kind of kept that kind of kept serrano from getting the finish i feel like she could have got the finish at some point but either way you know heather hardy she got some hits in as you can see but serrano did the most damage and and put in the work whether it was a bit held back or not doesn't really matter because in the end heather hardy it's kind of like Diaz, who will show a lot of damage on their face as long as they're getting touched. That's just the way it goes. But And she ble seems to bleed all the time. <laughs> uh, any MMA fight I've watched her fight, and uh, any, any boxing match I've seen her in, she's bleeding. So, yeah, Serrano just kept just kept touching her up and, and didn't stop. It went all the way through. Serrano back and forth catches her left and right and you know even to the body so like I said she had this respect and I know that there was uh some of the respect coming from her corner as well with the with her coaches and and trainers so it's one of those things I think she held back a bit I maybe she just wasn't worried about what Heather Hardy could do so she wanted to make it a decent match, and it was. Uh, but I feel like it would have been exciting, and it would have been cool to see her finish Heather Hardy. But you know, you can't, you can't down them, down on them for having respect for their opponents, especially when they've known each other and they have a history and all that good stuff. Uh, sometimes that gets in the way. It's unfortunate, but at least she went out there. She still put on a show, and she still. She still threw her hands, and, and it's not like she, they stood around and acted like like they weren't there to really fight, you know? Uh, Heather Hardy was definitely throwing it all out there. She's 42 years old. She ta She's talked about, you know, how she her time is kind of limited now, and she's been in a lot of fights. So 
unfortunately for her she couldn't pull this one out but like i said lots of respect between these two ladies um amanda serrano is uh she's definitely got big things coming up in front of her and i feel like there's a, a lot more competition out there that she could do well with and you know she's got a lot of hype around her uh like i said last week's episode that jake paul has done quite a bit for her uh yeah i'm sorry i just i got distracted here but um it's done he uh, jake paul's done quite a bit for her as far as her career goes he's been bringing her up to the forefront and making her like his co-main event always in all of his events and he's just been doing a lot for women's boxing and boxing in general so you know i gotta give him props for that and bringing up the ladies like like he has been you know he can't deny it it's hard to deny the things that he's done and whether he does it for his own hype and all that it fuck it it's doing good for the sport i i enjoy combat sports in general boxing isn't my favorite but i do enjoy boxing and mma's always been my favorite you know I, I i watched boxing back in the day a little bit here and there but i never kept up with it it just never kept my attention and once i started watching mma it was hard to go back to watching boxing but i still do watch it as you can tell and i try to cover it here as much as i can especially all the bigger fights that have been happening you know with errol spence and Terrence crawford uh tank davis and ryan garcia all these big fights that have been happening you know i'd like to cover them and i like to make sure that i give them the attention that they deserve so uh serrano comes out of this one with the win keeps all of her belts defends all of her titles you know heather hardy had high hopes to maybe take that away and, and get that really big upset which it would have been a crazy upset to see her beat serrano uh but just like uh in the past when in their fight from years and years ago toronto got the win again kept her belts and continues moving forward on that high pace um you know i i don't even know how to say it like just she's it just be getting more and more popular more and more accolades so she's a great fighter and she's a great uh she's a great person to watch as far as come up the way that she has and continue to rise up in you know that boxing history so yeah uh and also she's gonna be fighting in mma so uh with that pfl uh pay-per-view uh super fight division so we'll see what that brings because she's been looking damn good in boxing and i would like to see her move over to mma and look that good there as well you know she has finished fights uh with submissions so she's good on the ground too not just on her feet with her hands that'd be pretty exciting to check out uh and we'll see when anything gets we'll see when anything gets actually announced for that division in pfl because so far you know it's it amanda serrano clarissa shields uh she just signed um again with the pfl uh but that's I don't know if that's part of that super fight division, but they have Francis Ngannou, Jake Paul. Like, they have all these people that they've been signing and, and big announcements, but no fight announcements yet. No matchups yet. So, I'll be excited and I'll be waiting 
and I'll definitely be talking about it whenever that happens. But moving on to the Diaz versus Paul portion of this fight. Uh, Diaz, you know, it's weird. It's weird because I heard a lot of people downing on Diaz's performance. Nate is just one of those guys that throws volume punches. He doesn't throw punches to knock you out. He doesn't have that one punch knockout power. He never has. And, you know, he's got that one punch make you stumble power. <laughs> uh, because he's also thrown a barrage of punches at you before that. So he'll wear you down. And then he'll catch you one good time. And that'll be what stumbles you and gets you wobbly. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily pounce after that. So it's kind of weird. He has a weird fighting style. I appreciate it. But at the same time, I understand why people think what they do and they're going to say what they're going to say i heard a lot of people talking shit about how and, and of course jake talking shit about how his punches didn't hurt he has pillow ksi's talking about him having pillow hands uh people saying that his style doesn't carry over from mma to boxing uh in a good way and i i i agree it didn't look good but you know he, he didn't make the excuse but he said it and I mean, the the facts are the facts. He said he had a shoulder injury um, and a knee injury. And actually, his team said that before he did. So it's not like he just came out and was like, well, I, I of course I couldn't fight. Of course I didn't do well because I, I was injured. You know, it, it took a few days before it was said. Uh, I think someone on his team said it that night. But he didn't come through and talk about that portion of what happened until later on. Either way, he still says he still feels like he won. <laughs> if you watched any of it or saw any of the highlights, you know, he's got his hands in the air looking like he did win. And and he always has that confidence in, in his performance. And I heard Dana White, who is the most critical of a lot of people, especially anything that has to do with Jake Paul. I heard Dana White saying after Dana White's contender series, there's a, a post-fight press conference and he was talking about how Diaz looked great. He, he put on a great performance, and he feels like he did better than any of the other former MMA fighters that had boxed Jake Paul. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that 100%, but I do know that it was entertaining. Diaz was being Diaz, and I do wish that he would have put a little more behind his punches, but if he was hurt, I understand why he couldn't. But I, I do wish that he put it together a bit more and he followed through a little more because I I just feel like more could have been done and it wasn't done. So that, for me, was a disappointment. That, for me, was a letdown. So I, I have to I have to point out the negatives because I'm not one of those... I'm not one of those fans that's like, whoever I'm a fan of or whatever team I'm a fan of can do no wrong. If my team or my, my fi favorite fighters or anything of that sort are not doing well. I'll say it because I, I'm, I, I have to be real like that. It's just like me fucking up on the podcast sometimes doing stupid shit that I know is routine for me and I'm still fucking up. Like I, I have to point it out. That's just me. That's how I learn. That's how I get better. And that's how I stay humble when it comes to my teams. I know a lot of people out there that'll be like, my team's the fucking best. Fuck your team. Your team ain't shit. But yet their team is 0-16 in football or fucking, uh, you know, 
25 and 86 in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't, I, I can't be that way. I am a loyal fan. I am a hardcore fan of a lot of things, including my favorite fighters, including MMA in general, including my teams. As you can see, I'm, I'm constantly repping the Braves. Yeah, they're doing well. Uh, yeah, they won the series not too long ago, and they're always up in first place, but it hasn't always been that way. So, and I've always repped the Braves, and I've always been a Braves fan. So, I'm a fucking Indianapolis Colts fan in football. You can kiss my ass, because they are not good right now. And I know it, and I understand it, and you can say they suck all they want. I'm still going to be a fan. That's just the way it goes. Just like with Nate. Uh, he, he didn't do well. Uh, he didn't have a great showing. But he still got those little moral wins here and there. <laughs> and he still did show a little bit and that's better than nothing better than him pulling out better than him just completely not showing up and and getting knocked out easily i mean he took a lot of damage you know that's one of the things he took a lot of damage um you know i, I i'm pinpointing a few things here that he actually did do because you know there's a few times where he caught jake um maybe didn't wa he didn't wobble him he didn't rock him or anything like that but he caught him a few times and, and he did land some good punches and some good combinations. Uh, he just does not have that kind of power. And it's unfortunate. I was hoping that the same kind of style that he brings in MMA would be something that he would be able to carry over into boxing and would overwhelm Jake a little more because he's not used to seeing things like that. But I got to give it to Jake. Jake came out. Jake came out hard and fast. And he wobbled uh, Diaz right away in the first round. And right away, I was like, oh, fuck, you cannot do this to me. You cannot get knocked out in the fucking first round. Uh, I was so worried that that's what was going to be going to happen. But I know Diaz is durable and has a great chin and can take a lot of damage. Um, it's probably not good for him in the long run. But I know that it's possible for him to do that. And, a lot of, and, and he doesn't get stopped hardly ever. So... It's been a long time since he's been rocked and stopped in a fight. So that's just not how he is. And I was just worried because he is a little older. He's getting older. And I wasn't sure if it was going to affect him the same way. You know, he, he like I said, he put in some work. He got some hits on Jake Paul. And of course, the still photos are always going to look like it was a bit more than it was. I'm not trying to put in any, I'm not trying to put anything out there that that isn't true. These are just the, the photos that I collected of, you know, highlights and and points of the fight. You know, he did put some work in on Jake and he did have some good moments. It wasn't a lot, but he did have it. So, I'm I'm not trying to uh I'm not trying to say anything that that didn't happen here. <laughs> Those are the facts. Those are what that's what happened. Jake Paul was just too much but Diaz of course had to be Diaz he kept that normal persona that he puts up and he was flexing he was doing the normal Diaz shit and it was funny and it was entertaining and it was cool but Jake Paul was just overwhelming like I said he came out in the first round he wobbled Diaz right away uh, Diaz is a slow starter, unfortunately, in any fight that he's in. So I, that's why I was worried initially, too, because Jake Paul is like 
I'm, I, you know, if he could get it done quickly, that's good for him. And that's what a lot of people said was if, if Paul wins this fight uh, out of anything, it was going to be early in the rounds. And he predicted a first, he said a fourth round knockout. Then he said a fifth round knockout. He did get a knockdown in the fifth round, but uh, he did not get that knockout. But he did land a lot of good punches on Diaz. He did look good technically in as a boxer against Diaz. Diaz was doing this like bull rush, arms up, kind of rushing in, trying to close the distance fast, and and maybe fighting, close, you know, close range fighting, uh, probably due to the injury of the shoulder, I'm sure. But he said it, it's like that Mexican boxer, old school Mexican boxer type style of rushing in with your hands up and then putting together some combinations from the inside. Not a bad idea, but he didn't really execute that plan very well. So it was unfortunate. And, you know, Jake Paul figured it out right, kind of quick and, and adapted. And that was what he did well. Everything that Nate was throwing at him was not, it wasn't doing a lot. So uh, I, I think... Jake Paul probably got more tired than he got injured in that fight, which is unfortunate. Again, I got to be real. I'm going to say what I saw, and that's what I saw. Uh, like I said, in the fifth round, he did drop Diaz with a left hook that he was landing a lot and kept landing it on that temple of Diaz. And that's why his eye was fucked up right there. Because he kept landing that shot either, you know, above the eye or just right over to the to the temple some. And, and that was fucking with Diaz for sure. But for some reason, he just couldn't defend it. And I don't know why. It was unfortunate because I've seen him defend worse. But, and with those big gloves, you know, he just couldn't get the defense up in, to stop that. And I feel like if Jake Paul would have continued to target that, that, uh, that location on Diaz, I think he could have got the knockout. So I don't know why he didn't. It was kind of weird because he was landing that left hook really successfully. So, and then, you know, the, the knockdown was not great. Diaz fell and he didn't fall hard, but he went down. And then it's kind of like he tried to catch himself to pop back up right away. And then he continued to fall further instead. And he almost fell out. He, he fell under the ropes and almost fell out of the ring, which was, of course, Jake Paul says, I almost I almost knocked his ass out of the ring. And it's like, bro, you you knocked him down once. He got back up really quickly. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good look the way that he got knocked down, but he got up quickly and he came back to continue fighting. It's not like you knocked him down and he was dazed and it took him forever and he took the eight count all the way. None of that. As soon as he collected himself, it was within seconds he was up and back on his feet and ready to go. So, but the knockdown was there. The knockdown is the knockdown and it happened. And Jake Paul predicted that he would knock him out in round five and instead he just knocked him down. So he did get the knockdown and that did count for more in Paul's favor. He didn't really need it though. If he didn't knock him down, I don't think that anything would have changed. He still would have won. But, you know, Diaz got up. They continued to exchange. You can see the damage on his eye right there from the that left hand uh, landing over and over again of Jake Paul. 
And yeah, the fight continued on. Paul was getting him on the inside, uh, pressing him against the ropes. I mean, Diaz was rushing him, but for some reason kept winding up, backing up and in the ropes. Uh, probably because Jake was putting the pressure on and landing everything he was throwing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because in the ninth round, Diaz had to get that choke in. I think it was the ninth or it might have been the tenth. I don't remember. It did go all ten rounds. It was a ten-round fight. But as you can see right here, he got that guillotine in. And according to Jake, he was... <laughs> He was actually choking him. He did cinch it in and, and start, uh, you know, he started putting that choke in deeper and deeper. And that's why Paul's right here holding his neck because he really did choke him. Uh, and of course, Diaz in true Diaz fashion with his hands up in the air like, yep, I just won. Uh, just like he did against Leon Edwards, did something at the very end of the fight, at the very end of the fight. And... Kind of got that moral victory, you know, kind of won the fans over. It was a very Diaz, it was a very Diaz heavy fan base out there in Dallas, Texas, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, but you know, Jake Paul does get a lot of hate even at his own events. They say, fuck Jake Paul. They start ranting, uh, chanting that, not ranting, chanting fuck Jake Paul in the audience a lot of times. And you know, they'll boo the shit out of him and everything else. So, yeah. Uh, I just totally lost my spot. Oh, there we go. But at the end of the fight, they still had respect. You know, Diaz, even with Connor, who he hated the most, you know, it wasn't wasn't that deep-seated burning hate like Khabib had for, <laughs> for Connor. So when they were done, you know, Diaz still... Hugged it out with Connor and, you know, dapped it up and everything else, just like he did here with Jake Paul. So it was a it was a good showing. Like I said, it was a, it was a good event. It was good for both these guys. They both made a lot of fucking money. And Diaz with the real fighting, hope promoting was pretty badass too. So I was happy about that. But in the end, we had. Jake Paul getting the win. Of course. I mean, I, I I have to voice my... Oh, my God. What did I just do? Uh, <laughs> I have to voice my opinion on that one, regardless. Oh, shit. I just screwed everything up. That's all right. We'll get that started again. And I will fix this real quick, like, because I didn't realize that I probably shouldn't have done that because it screwed everything else up. <laughs> but anyway, it was a it was a good fight. There was a lot of celebrities there. You know, of course, Nick Diaz had to be there and support his bro. Uh, and after the fight, actually, in an interview, you know, with whoever, I don't even remember who it was, but he had an interview. He and uh, Nick Diaz had an interview after the fight, and he actually said, "Give me Jake Paul or Logan Paul. I don't give a fuck. I'll fight either one." At some point in time, there was actually a face-off between Nick and Logan and Jake and and Nate, which was kind of crazy. I wish I would have seen that. I hadn't seen any pictures of it, or, but Jake said it happened. So that's kind of crazy. 
that would have been cool to see that should have been something that happened in the ring like right now while this picture was happening and that would have been dope but i'm sure they were trying very hard not to do too much because there's always that friction there's cameramen fighting that there was the jake paul team and the nate diaz team their cameramen were about to fight <laughs> and diaz was talking to ariel hawani in the post fight uh interview in the ring and fucking diaz was like hey you guys need to be nice <laughs> because they were fucking fighting it was hilarious like to hear diaz say be nice to people that are you know about to throw hands kind of funny and ironic <laughs> but uh yeah the rest of the scrap pack of course there to support diaz as well gilbert melendez and uh jake shields jake shields is so weird i don't this dude look at him uh, he's the only one i i don't like that much out of this crew uh he was a badass fighter and uh he always gets props on that on that aspect but He's a little off the rails when it comes to everything else. And he always looks like a weirdo. Like, he looks like such a creep with his hat backwards like that. His fucking ear sticking out. The face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something about Jake Shields. But it's a scrap hack, and I, I respect him. So, yeah. That's how that's how that goes. But, like I said, overall, not too bad an event, of an event. Um, I'm disappointed in outcome. But I'm still happy to see Diaz get paid get all that recognition and hype around him and we'll see what happens next for him if he's going to go straight back to mma and jump back into the ufc for that third uh that third connor fight or maybe something else who knows or maybe he will take up jake paul because uh jake paul offered him 10 million dollars to fight him in mma now jake paul does say that it'll take him eight to ten months of training and then he'll be ready to fight in MMA versus uh, Nate Diaz. So, who knows? Uh, but the only problem is, is that they're, they're both loyal to different organizations. Right now, Jake Paul has a contract with PFL. So, he is under the PFL banner. And even though he's doing all these boxing matches, you know, it's his own promotion that he's doing that under. So, PFL, though, for MMA, is, is he's signed to PFL for MMA. So I don't he can't do it in the UFC. Diaz says I, I don't fight for that promotion. I fight for the UFC. So he's loyal to the UFC, probably because they've done so much for him and, and treated him right uh for the most part. And so we'll see how that gets worked out. He said, or we do an event like this where you know where I represent with, with real fighting. So maybe they do another co-promotion between uh MVP and, and real fighting and, and they put on an MMA event you never know i mean game bread's doing it uh anthony pettis has his own promotion all kinds of guys that they used to fight have their own promotion so uh so yeah the, that that's that's what's happening there but diaz says he'll fight anybody as usual and for that 10 million dollars he actually initially said that it's gonna cost more than that but uh who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I wouldn't mind seeing the MMA fight between Diaz and Jake Paul. Because even though Jake Paul has a background in uh, wrestling and a decent background in wrestling, I still don't know if he can hang with Diaz in, in, the, or in the cage at all. So we'll see what happens there. 
But since we're on the Nate or the Jake Paul, I know so much Jake Paul, right? But I did have to. I did not realize that he's fucking naked in this picture. That is ridiculous. I thought he had shorts on, and I just now realized that he does not. But this is the Netflix documentary of Jake Paul, the problem child. You know, they're doing this whole series of untold uh, documentaries of different athletes. Like, they have one of Johnny Manziel. They have one with... Uh... Oh, shit. I just drew a blank. I can't remember who else. I saw the Johnny Manziel one pop up the other day. So, I haven't watched it. But this is one I wanted to watch. And I wanted to watch it before the fight. But I just didn't have a chance to. So, I gotta say, though. With this documentary if you haven't seen it it's it and and if you hate jake paul just give it a chance i, I mean you're gonna it, it's cringy at times and it, and it's annoying at times watching the way that he came up and the things that he used to do but at the same time i don't know it gave me a different level of understanding of jake paul maybe not more respect but the dude hustles i'll give him that i respect that grind and i can't down on it because he has made a lot for himself uh just coming uh, just a kid from ohio that was recording crazy shit on youtube and now what he's done overall and the influence he has on one of the biggest combat sports out there on top of trying to make changes for other combat sports like mma and and fighter pay and stuff like that so i mean i give him his respect for all that and and i and i have to I have to say that the documentary was pretty damn good. It showed a lot between him and Logan, and it, it followed the fights. Uh, you know, they highlighted uh, some of the, the very first ones, the Nate Robinson fight, the uh, Deji fight. Um, and then they went into really getting involved with the uh, Tyron Woodley fights. And then, of course... They were following him around and, and backstage and with him for the uh for the uh Tommy Fury fight. So that was interesting to see how everything that went down with that. Oh, and of course the Anderson Silva fight. So they were with him through all of that. And it was interesting to see him react to things kind of differently because he knew Netflix was around and they were doing the documentary, but at the same time it's still pretty real. Like he kept it pretty real. I, I again I, I have a different perspective on him in a, in a in a small little bit of a different type of way because I do respect him a little more um for all the things that he's done and and where he's come up from and like I said the dude hustles he's smart with it and uh he's doing the damn thing and I can't I can't knock it too much he's still not one of those guys that I like a lot but He's also not one of those guys that I hate so much. I would like to see him get knocked out. I would like to see him get beat up quite a, in a good way in boxing or in MMA. I don't care. But I would like to see him catch a real ass whooping because his only loss wasn't even an ass whooping. You know, uh, Tommy Fury just beat him by points technically. So, uh, but and I don't hate him as much as like Sean Strickland or Colby Covington. I don't hate him like that. <laughs> and if I did before, I, st I, I I don't think I'd be at that level still uh, after watching this documentary and, and seeing everything that's gone down with this last fight. I just wish he would keep the cringy bullshit to a minimum. And I feel like he kind of does already. But when he gets to that point, it's fucking disgusting. 
like gross i hate it i can't stand it i wish i could reach to the tv and punch him in the fucking face ah uh, yeah because you know as soon as he i mean he's good at making youtube videos that's why he's popular on youtube right but some of the stuff man it's just too much it's too much it gets you fucking like my blood boils watching some of the shit and, and it's just like come on man get the, stop fucking doing that it's dumb but it is what it is that's the kind of that's the way that they've grown up and him and his brother has have had lots of beef um back in the day they covered some of that in the documentary and to this day they were just arguing on impulsive which is logan paul's uh podcast the other day so they had him on because of course they had him on after the win and and they're you know going over everything and talking about it but him and Logan got into it pretty pretty hard uh, about Logan always taking the side of his enemies and partnering with his enemies and and uh, them fighting over who's getting what fight and and you know Logan's saying that people are taking the fight with Jake because Jake is the easier opponent <laughs> and smaller and Jake's like are you kidding me you haven't even had a professional fight yet like you, all all of your all of your fights have been exhibitions, so they don't count. And on top of that, you've lost how many? So I'm like, damn. So they went hard at each other. It's it's pretty entertaining to watch that portion of that that podcast. It's about an hour and twenty minutes. It's about as long as I usually go. And uh, you know, they get into it within the first like half hour, uh, and, and they spend about half hour arguing. So you you know you just have to put up with a little bit in the beginning, and then you get to the to the back and forth, the uh, fighting and, and arguing, and then uh, yeah, uh, it's entertaining. So go check it out. I mean that's you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it. I'm sure anywhere uh, you get your podcast, but it's called Impulsive, and it's the latest uh, episode with Jake Paul. So entertaining, like I said. And, uh, yeah, speaking of Logan Paul, his partner, KSI, is now... Oh, fuck. Of course. Let me fix this real quick, because apparently I... And you know what? What's stupid about this is... Oh, I know why. Because what I should have done was go right into talking about Jake Paul. That's what I meant to do. Jake Paul. Logan Paul. God damn it. Now I'm fucking it all up. <laughs> Too many Pauls. Talking about to the Paul brothers way too much here, but I have to. So Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis was announced earlier this week uh, for the boxing match on October 14th. They're calling it the prime card, of course, because Logan Paul and KSI are partners in in the prime hydration and prime energy drinks. So this is going to be uh, the prime card on DAZN. These are going to, I'm pretty sure these are all exhibition fights, but Logan Paul's fighting Dylan Dennis, which is hilarious because Dylan Dennis has been scheduled to fight. I don't know how many people, I don't know how many times. And every time he backs out with an injury or he just drops out of the fight for this reason or that reason and doesn't show up. So with that in mind, they actually put in the contract, Logan Paul's people put in the contract that Dylan Dennis has to show up. And if he doesn't, he gets fined a hundred thousand dollars. Now, if you pay attention and you know who Dylan Dennis is, 
he puts out there that he's rich as fuck that he isn't worried about money but a lot of people say that he's broke as shit actually and it's just all for show and on top of that he hasn't even fought and i don't know i think it's been like two years since he fought in mma two years since he's fought in general so i mean he's never fought in boxing so this will be his first boxing match even though like i said he's been scheduled for many other ones and never showed up ksi anthony uh the dude that punched him in the I, i don't even know which ones are actually which but he's dropped out of fights left and right so now it's in the contract he's gonna owe a hundred thousand dollars to logan if he drops out of this fight for whatever reason so that might be a factor and and might keep him in this fight but we'll see so yeah that's happening october 14th and also like i said ksi is fighting tommy fury so ksi is on this rant and on this trajectory to try to prove that he's better than jake paul he already beat he he tied with logan paul when they fought each other i think i think it was a i think it was a draw or maybe he beat him no i think he actually beat him either way he yeah he's already fought logan and now they're you know business partners in prime the drink so they're not gonna fight each other they've already said that jake's been i mean uh ksi's been just clamoring to fight uh jake paul because he says he's better than him he had a boxing match one night in in misfits boxing where it was like him versus two dudes at once and beat them both i i don't know how the fuck that happened but either way now he's going after the guy that beat the only guy to beat jake paul tommy fury i don't know why tommy fury is doing this he must be getting paid real well uh for being a actual professional boxer like in the midst of his career he's deciding to go ahead and do all these influencer boxing fights so it's kind of crazy i guess you got to get that money regardless uh but yeah ksi wants to be able to say that he beat the guy the only guy to beat jake paul which means he can beat jake paul as well so he's still trying to make his way into he said he'll fight everybody that jake paul fights and beat all of them uh just to prove that he can beat jake paul as well and get the fight and prove it so we'll see what happens with that that's the the prime card october 14th uh should be I mean, that should be pretty good. If Dylan Dennis shows up against Logan Paul, I think he gets his ass kicked against Logan Paul, honestly. And then KSI versus Tommy Fury. I don't know, man. KSI is kind of like Jake where he's been coming up and, and looking better and better. And, you know, more and more wins. But I don't know how many of those wins are legit as in who his opponent was. So we'll see. Anyway, we'll move on to fight announcement. Bellator 300 is happening uh october 7th and it's gonna be ryan bader versus linton vassell two for the uh heavyweight title uh bader finally coming back to defend that we got chris cyborg versus uh kat zingano for the uh featherweight world title and then uh let's see we have uh nurmagomedov i don't know which one it is i can't remember versus brett premise <laughs> So that's another title fight in the lightweight division, I believe. And then you have Liz Carmouche versus Alimale McFarlane, which they're actually training partners and teammates, I believe. And they're pretty good friends. So 
they're fighting for a title as well so they're doing four title fights for bellator 300 so they're coming strong with that 300 card because obviously ufc is coming up on ufc 300 as well so i think they're trying to get the the upper hand ahead of time on the ufc with you know what they have going on for their card but it's crazy because they have three no four former ufc fighters that are either champions or fighting for the championship <laughs> you know that's bellator for you but speaking of bellator they have two events before they get there because this weekend it is bellator 298 this friday actually so tomorrow uh, it's logan sorley versus uh uh, Brennan Ward and Brennan Ward's a badass, but Storley is no joke either. Um, 14 and 2 for Logan Storley and uh, 17 and 6 for Brennan Ward. Welterweight, welterweight main event. Um, th these two guys are usually their fights are usually pretty damn good. Uh, it looks like Storley was the former interim world champion as well. All right. Uh, I, every time these guys fight, though, I see great highlights. I everyone's talking about it, um, you know. But I, I, for some reason, I never seem to catch the nights that they fight. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, other notables on the card lower down: James Gallagher versus uh, James Gonzalez. That should be pretty decent. Gallagher's a good fighter to watch. Younger fighter, Irish. Uh, let's see. Man, there's not a whole lot more. Uh, not too many no, too many more notable names on that card. There's a lot of fights, though. Holy shit. 17 total fights that night. That's going to be like a... That, that event's going to be long. But, like, it's weird. There's not a ton of big names. But it's a lot of fights. Uh, Justin Kish, former uh, UFC fighter versus Diana at... Avzaragova, holy shit! But uh, Diana is six and zero, fighting Justine Kish, who's eight and six. So that might not be too big of a competition there. But anyway, uh, we also have BKFC forty eight happening this weekend as well. Uh, I believe that's tomorrow. Yes, that's tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah, BKFC is usually on Fridays. Um, the main event is John Dodson versus Junior Ridge. Uh, I thought this poster was pretty fucking cool. I, I don't think that it's... Uh, I don't know that it's an official poster. I think it might just like be fan art or something, but I thought it was pretty dope. Uh, let me see here who else is on this card. I totally forgot about this one. So, uh, Dodson versus Ridge. Oh, Bryce Hall, who I don't know if you guys know who Bryce Hall is, but he is a like a YouTuber slash influencer of some sort. And yeah, he's making his debut in BKFC. Uh, what's funny is I remember my daughters talking about him <laughs> back in the day. So I know he's been around for a while, but he, like I said, he's like that influencer type uh youtuber type guy 
so I was kind of surprised to see him in the mix with all that. Uh, let's see. There's another Dodson on the card. I don't know if that he's any relation to John Dodson, but he kind of does look like a version of him, so he might be. Uh, as far as everybody else, it just looks like a bunch of ex-convicts, as usual, with their mugshots on here. So, <laughs> uh, oh, Bryce Hall's uh, opponent is, I guess I should at least say that, G. Perez, which I'm not sure who he is. But, uh, yeah, he's 3-0 in BKFC, so that's a, that's a hell of a fight right away, <laughs> undefeated fighter with a little more experience all right oh shit man I, I knew i had a lot to talk about but this is kind of crazy we're almost at the one hour mark and i'm not even through half of what i was getting at today so let's go a little quicker except this one unfortunately is going to get me to talk a little more maybe go off on a little tangent here because so steven wonderboy thompson was supposed to fight against uh michelle pajeda in uh last weekend's ufc uh card and it didn't happen because pajeda pulled out with an injury or something i'm not sure i guess he said something about oh no he missed weight i'm sorry what the fuck am i talking about he missed weight by three pounds and he couldn't make the weight within the allotted time so they gave wonder boy the option oh man i feel like i'm gonna sneeze uh, they gave Wonder Boy the option, as usual, to take the fight still, even and 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 take part of uh, Pereira's uh, fight purse. They usually get like twenty or thirty percent or something like that. Um, or else, you know, he doesn't fight and doesn't get paid, basically. Uh, which is weird because he showed up and he made weight, so he should at least get his show money. In the past, that's usually what happens, but this time. Dana White was on vacation, so he wasn't at the fights. So Wonderboy said, you know, he didn't get paid to show money despite making weight for his canceled fight against Pajeda or Pereira. I fucking want however you say his name. Um, so, yeah, that was unfortunate. And when he was asked about it, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the UFC usually takes care of me. Uh, Dana's not in right now. He's on vacation. So when he gets back, I'll talk to him and I'm pretty sure things will get worked out. Well, at Dana White's Contender Series, the post-fight press conference, uh, Dana said, you decided not to fight. The guy was three pounds overweight. You get a piece of his purse if you take the fight. We also offered him another fight. There's a much bigger story behind the scenes. What he means by they offered him another fight was they were like, hey, in two weeks, you can fight on that card, and then you'll get your, you know, show and win money even if you win. Uh, and he said no. And then, so he says... Uh, there's a much bigger story behind the scenes. So what we do is try to get you another fight. Try to turn you around quickly. If you don't turn around quickly, then we try to figure out what did it cost for your camp. We'll reimburse you. There's a lot of different ways that this gets worked out. But the other thing that he did say that's not a, a, in this, and I didn't even realize it wasn't here, is that uh, he said, hey, listen, that's not how things work. You decided not to fight, so you don't get paid, which is bullshit because fighters in the past have definitely gotten paid at least their show money because they showed up and they made weight. Unlike their unprofessional opponent, 
who couldn't make the fucking weight that it was agreed to that they had a contract for and wants to fight at a higher weight which most of the time if you look at the stats of guys that take a fight when the, their opponent hasn't made weight they almost always fucking lose so that's a big risk for Wonderboy to be taking when he's the age that he is he's 40 years old surprised he's still fighting but he's 40 and that's a tough ass fight to take Pereira alone is a tough fight but him not making weight and being overweight and heavier that's a tough fight to, for him to take at 40 when he's trying to make at least one more run at the title I guess that's that's what it sounds like but he definitely doesn't want to go back to the bottom of the pile um so it's a big risk and he didn't want to take that fight and then they're like oh yeah but you can have a fight in two weeks or whatever we'll turn you around quickly and he's like well no because then i don't have a proper training or whatever opponent i have and on top of that i just came out of fight camp i'm peaked already ready to fight now and then you want me to prolong that for two weeks and extended for two weeks like that's a lot to ask of a fighter but this fighter pay bullshit continues it's the same shit as always Dana fucking being a dick and acting like he says there's much more to the story, much bigger story behind the scenes. But what's what is it like? What the fuck is it? And and why? How is it much bigger when when fucking Wonder Boy is like the nicest dude in MMA? Like you never he, he doesn't even cuss. He does. He says like freaking A or something like that. <laughs> he, he doesn't cuss. And he's like the nicest dude ever. He he. He, he like teaches kids classes all the time and 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 like gives back to the community and it's just nice he's a nice wholesome dude so what could actually be the bigger story behind the scene that dana white's fucking referring to what that he decided not to fight at an unfair advantage because the other guy couldn't fucking hold up his end of the deal that's some bullshit it's just more bullshit coming from dana and and fucking fucking over fighters for no reason when it comes to their money like the dude was I, the, the money's already set aside you know you you you, you set aside the money for who, who, these guys that are getting paid to, for their show and win and a bonus even so why can't you just give this this fucking guy who went out there cut the weight put his body through that fucking sacrifice his body through that shit Went through the entire fight camp, did everything he needed to do, and yeah, Pereira might have done all that too, but the motherfucker didn't make weight, and he obviously didn't do things correctly. What else was holding him back from making that weight? So he couldn't get any of that done, and yet you won't pay the fucking guy his show money for showing up. That's what the fuck show money is. If you in a fight, if you win, you get your show and your win money, so you get two checks. If that's it, as long as most contracts are like that. If you show up and you lose, you still get your show money because you showed up, you fucking weighed in, and you fought the fight. And yeah, you lost, but you you only get half your paycheck now. You only get you only get one check, but you still get that one check because you showed up and you did. That's why it's called a show, fucking. That's why it's called show pay because you show up and you get paid. And then now he wants to say he doesn't want to pay him. Like, what the fuck is this shit again? To, to you know, it's not even a guy who talks a lot of shit. It's not even a guy who talks any shit. It's not even a guy. It's a company dude who fucking has constantly been in all these fights, has fought for this organization for so long, been loyal and fucking uh, 
nothing but nice and then they want to fuck him over it, it's bullshit man and there i go i just ranted for the rest of the time to get us to eight o'clock and i'm not even halfway done here <laughs> i don't there's no way i'm going two hours i will speed things up but i had to get that off my chest i think it's fucking annoying i think it's bullshit and i think it's more of a reason for these fighters to start getting together a little more and figuring out what to do to kind of fight this battle against the behemoth that is the ufc the monopoly that is the ufc the fucking bullshit tactics of the ufc and dana white you like i i love the company i love the organization i i love the fights that they put on it's my favorite to watch it's my favorite to it's what i've watched since forever but i feel like these things need to be need to be gotten a hold of and wrangled in and 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 the fighters need to get what they deserve for showing up at, to the fight and upholding their portion of the contract all these things in the motherfucking contract well guess what in the contract it says you show up and you make weight and you get paid motherfucker and if it doesn't say that that's unfortunate and uh, i just remembered right now that ariel wani was talking about how a lot of these fighters do not have that in their contract spelled out and that's a goddamn shame so if that's the case with wonder boy fuck man fuck these guys need to smarten up they need to get better fucking representation and they need to get better get a better handle on things so that these things are put in their fucking contracts and get those contracts updated quickly better sooner than later because the next time you fight and, and then some shit like this happens are you gonna be the next one the next one that doesn't get paid to show money for fucking showing up and doing what he you said and agreed to doing and yet you don't get compensated it's bullshit we'll end that we'll end there with that one <laughs> dana white's contender series oh my god nope there it is <laughs> i got fired up and i forgot what i was doing dana white's contender series debuted this week also happening on tuesdays the same night as the ultimate fighter which is kind of weird but the ultimate fighter starting to wrap it up they have one half of their uh final uh finals already in the bag Oh, they haven't fought it yet, but they, they know who the opponents are. So we'll get to that in a minute. Dana White's Contender Series. It says Wednesday on this, but it actually was on Tuesday. So I don't know what the fuck this is about. That's weird. Almeida versus Fernando. Nolan versus uh, Grad. Uh, Sarvlovsky versus Machado. Albot versus Cortez, which Cortez was actually um, Tracy Cortez's brother. Uh... Yeah, I did watch that fight. I'll get to that in a minute. Diaz versus Borjas. And this is one of the few times that uh, all five fights, uh, all five winners of all five fights actually got the contract. So, yeah, everybody that won got a contract. It was a pretty decent night of fights. Uh, Talbot versus Cortez is like the only fight I actually paid full attention to and watched. But, uh, Man, that was tough to watch because Tracy Cortez is watching her brother kind of get his ass whooped. He looks like he has a lot of good potential, but he needs some work. And he needs to continue to work on his game. Uh, this tall bot guy fucking just ripped him apart, was landing everything, and just looked damn good. So, yeah. Uh, that was that for Dana White's Contender Series. And I mentioned the Ultimate Fighter happening the same night. 
So we'll go over this week's Ultimate Fighter. Uh, season 31, Episode 10. Uh, this one had the Coach's Challenge, uh, which is usually entertaining. And we had the first semifinal fight between Kurt Holobaugh versus Jason Knight. So two bangers, two fucking... Uh, shit. They called it the, the Battle of the South. <laughs> Because Jason Knight, for damn sure, is from the South, if you listen to the way he talks. Um, but Holoba, I don't remember so much exactly where he's from. But it was, um, it was, this, what I watched this fight. I, I, it's all I watched from this, uh, from this episode was the actual fight. Because I heard it was a banger, and it definitely was. Uh, the, the full two rounds. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it didn't go all two rounds, but uh, went to a third, right? I think it went to a third round. Yeah, I had it up here, and I'm stupid because I just, I think I just uh, closed it out. Actually, here we go. I can get it right back. Um, you gotta find. Oh, they called it Battle of the Bayou. Huh. So that, I guess they're both from Louisiana. Louisiana's Aluba and Mississippi's Knight. Okay, that's why. Man, I want to just know: Did he get to a third round? Dude, this this fight was insane. Uh, you could just hear the punches through the TV. It was loud. It was crazy. And it was it was just entertaining as fuck. Like they traded punches left and right. Had fucking Conor McGregor reacting to everything. Okay, so it did end in the second round. Uh, but yeah, Holoba just was fucking unstoppable. Jason Knight it has a chin from hell and took everything. But dude, you could hear him grimacing in pain. He took a body shot. And he was like, Ugh! and like, just you heard every reaction. That the it was so quiet in in the apex. It was it was fucking weird. But you heard every punch. You could hear Jason Knight just go, Gah! and he'd be like, "Oh, that was a good one." He'd be saying shit, and Holobo was just letting rip, fucking left and right, back and forth. It was pretty insane. It was a crazy fight. So if you didn't watch last week's episode, go back and at least watch the fight. Because it was damn worth it. It was the fight of the fucking season. I don't know if it can be topped. But with Hullabub being the one that put on that performance. He's got to have a game opponent like Jason Knight is. Because Jason Knight is definitely that dude that'll train punches with you like that. So you got to have a game opponent to have a performance like that. Or else somebody that just doesn't know how to defend and won't get his head out of the, the center line. If Kurt gets that opponent next, he's going to win this. And it's going to be impressive. So, I don't believe his first fight was this impressive. But this fight was insane. So, I'll be looking forward to seeing his next fight. But, like I said. Uh, Kurt Holoba got the win. I guess I fucked that one up too. I don't understand. Because I went through all this. And for some reason. Uh, it's not doing what I wanted to do. But yeah, Kurt Holoba got the win, and Dana White. Uh, oh yeah, and Dana White was fucking 
happy about the fight. He looked super impressed. He looked excited about what just went down. He was like, holy fuck. That's like pretty much what he said the whole time. But what he was pissed about was the coach's challenge. I mentioned it earlier. It's usually the funnest part of the season. Besides some of the fights when they get as good as they were this, this past fight. Or this past episode. But the coach's challenge wound up being the ice bath. The polar plunge. Whatever you want to call it. They had to sit in there and answer questions. Three rounds of questions. Uh, as the competition. So this is what the competition was. And it wound up... It wound up being in there for almost half an hour, which is crazy because after 15 minutes, you're you're at a higher um, higher probability of getting frostbite or fucking uh, hypothermia if you're in something that's in water that's 37 degrees, I think it was, or some shit like that. 30, I don't remember. Yeah, for half an hour. So. He didn't say it during the show, but he said it to the Mac Life in an interview right after. Uh, he said, these guys did this thing for almost 30 minutes. Dangerous, stupid, irresponsible, and just completely fucking ridiculous on part of the production crew that handled the coaches challenge. I was literally fucking pissed off about it. Yeah, disgusting. Won't happen again. So he, you know, Dana does the, the ice bath. It's like the trend. It's the fad right now. I mean, it's supposed to be very beneficial and whatnot, but uh, Dana definitely does it, so he knows what it's like to sit in there. And he, but he also is smart enough to know what the dangers are. You know, uh, Rogan did it for the first time on camera on Instagram Live, and I guess he pushed it to like 20 minutes and said he wasn't right for like three days. His body temperature was all fucked up for like three days uh, after. That's how long it took to get everything back to normal. So, it's crazy. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. This is a weird challenge. and uh, But in the end, Connor won the 10 grand. Uh, 1,500 per fighter is what what that amounts to. So, you know, Connor doesn't keep the 10 grand. He gets the 10 grand, and then he, he gives it to his fighters, I guess. So, um, I don't know if they changed anything this season. Because, again, like I said, I only watched the fight from this episode. But, that wraps it up for Tough... 31 episode 11 catch you next week on tuesday where we have uh let's see that was a semi round for lightweight uh so next we have let's see where the hell is it austin hubbard oh Kurt Holobo will be fighting Austin Hubbard in the finals uh, on UFC 292 prelims August 19th. So that'll be coming up. So this next week will be the last episode of The Ultimate Fighter. And then the finals uh, will happen August 19th during UFC 292 prelim card. Uh, the final fight of the season is Rico DeSulia versus Cody Gibson in the Bantamweight semifinal. So that's what's happening on Tuesday. All right, let's move on to last week's uh, last week's fight night, Nashville, UFC Nashville, and uh, we had Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font in the uh, main event. 
was a catchweight bout, but it was supposed to have been at Bantamweight, I believe, 135. But they gave Rob Font some leeway because he was a last-minute uh, replacement. But at the uh, bottom of the card, we had... Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, in the undercard, early prelims, prelims, whatever you want to call them. Billy Quarantilla versus Damon Jackson. Billy Q got that win by unanimous decision. Uh, looks like there was a lot of decisions in this card. Tyler Phillips versus uh, Hani uh, Barcelos was a decision win for Phillips as well. We had Carlston Harris versus Jeremiah Wells. Um, Carl, uh, Carlston Harris got the win by technical submission. Anaconda choke in the third round. Uh, Cody Durden versus Jake Hadley was a war for sure. Uh, but Cody Durden got the win by decision. And... Sean Woodson got the win by decision over Dennis Bazooka as well. Uh, in that, and then we move to this fight. Ludovic Klein versus Ignacio Bohamandez. And uh, Bohamandez has had some impressive wins in the past, but Ludovic Klein definitely went in there to win. Uh, beat up Bohamandez and got the unanimous decision win. So, like I said, a lot of decisions on this card. But some of them were pretty exciting. This one wasn't too bad of a fight. And we move on to... Oh, shit. Well, like I said, Ludovic Klein won that one. <laughs> and then we'll move into Tanner Bozer with this nasty body shot uh, against Alexa Kamer. Um, but yeah, Bozer came pretty much dominated this fight. Came out, got the unanimous decision win against Kamer. Then we move to. Oh shit, I have these backwards. Well, we'll go to Diego Lopez versus Gavin Tucker. Diego Lopez, what just came out like a fucking banshee. And uh, in a minute 38, wound up on the ground with an arm bar, sunk in, and then twisted it even and fucking just ripped. Gavin Tucker's arms to shreds and, uh, you know, forced him to tap. So he got that TKO. I mean, I'm sorry. He got the submission, the armbar submission in the first round. So that was pretty damn good. Um, I guess I didn't switch it around. My eyes are just playing tricks on me. Next fight, though, we had Dustin Jacoby versus Kennedy and Zechiku, which I thought was going to be a pretty decent fight. And it turned out it... It was a quick fight for sure. Dustin Jacoby came out ready to win, throwing punches, and fucking knocked down Zechiku right away and wound up finishing him by TKO punches in the first round. Minute 22 in. So, very, very short fight. Then we get to the co main event, which is Tatiana Suarez versus Jessica Andrade. This one I was excited for because I like Tatiana Suarez a lot. You know, with all of her obstacles and and things that she's overcome in her life to finally get back and, and continue on the win streak that she had going before she got her injured uh, was great. And to, a higher level competition as well against Jessica Andrade. And the first thing I said when I was talking about this fight last week was that Jessica Andrade better watch herself 
um on if she if uh tatiana gets his fight to the ground because while andrage is a i'm sure a black belt in jujitsu she definitely does not have the intensity and the aggression that tatiana suarez has and she's a fucking animal she's a beast and she gets you on the ground and either ground and pounds it out or fucking submits you somehow or does both and you wind up submitting or getting put to sleep or something but tatiana suarez is the truth and she's definitely out there to fucking wreck through the entire division and get it, make her way to the title and that's what she's on her way to doing now especially beating somebody like jessica andrage who is a former champion herself and getting submitted in the second round a minute 31 in by guillotine she sunk it in and she cranked it down and she wound up making jessica andrage tap so Tatiana suarez comes out with that win continues her undefeated streak in mma she is now 10 and 0 with uh most of those fights being in the ufc yeah she's 7 and 0 in the ufc 10 and 0 overall undefeated in her mma career and if you watch her fight you know why because she gets shit done even in decision she's dominant but most of her wins are by submission and a few by TKO as well. So catch Tatiana Suarez fighting anytime she is fighting. And she's hoping to get back in there soon. So maybe we'll get more of that coming up. Also, she did a podcast with Megan O'Levy called Making the Fight, Making the Fighter or something like that. Um, also, Terrence McKinney, who's fighting on this week's card coming up. Uh, that's a damn good podcast. So check it out if you get a chance. Making the Fighter with Megan O'Levy. Um, she talks a bit loud. So Megan O'Levy is a little bit over, over anxious when on the mic. But she does keep the show going. She gives a lot of good information. And she put these podcasts together. And they're really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot listening to the background. It's kind of like a mini documentary. Um, but listening to the background of what Tatiana Suarez came up and overcame with the cancer, all the injuries, the Olympic, uh, you know, the mishaps with with the Olympics because of everything that she was going through. So it was pretty nuts. It's a pretty good listen. Um, so check that out too. Shit, I'm over here giving all kinds of people free publicity, but that's all good because I enjoyed it. So um, then we move to the uneventful and not so much so entertaining main event Corey Sanhagen uh versus Rob Font the unfortunate thing is Sanhagen uh tore his tricep muscle in the first round so that hindered him quite a bit so he has you know 20 minutes of fighting with a torn tricep muscle and that's not fun so of course that's going to stop him from being able to throw all that power behind punches or throwing a lot of punches and you know also it's going to hurt him with trying to transition through things on the ground so he uses wrestling he uses grappling a little bit of ground and pound here and there for the most part it was just a lot of control time on the ground pretty boring of a fight honestly um if you recognize what was happening uh, and you appreciate it, that's good too. And if you didn't, well, 
there is something to appreciate there, which was the dominance that he had as being injured and still being able to hold Rob Font down and get a unanimous decision win over him while fighting pretty much four rounds with a torn uh, tricep. So that's pretty crazy. And just shows how much of a savage uh, Corey Sanhagen is. So he gets that win, and we'll see where he goes from there if he advances because that was not a great performance by him overall, uh, impressively as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, well, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it was, it's impressive that he did what he did, but it was hard to say that it's more impressive to get him that title fight. It might take him a little longer now. So we'll move on to wrap it up here with this week's event, UFC on ESPN 51, UFC Vegas 78, some shit like that. Too many numbers, too many different titles. Not enough drink to cover it. <laughs> um, yeah, Vicente Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos. So this should be a pretty good fight. You got the, the younger guy in Luque versus fighting the grizzled vet in Los Angeles. He's fought everybody pretty much. There's been all these posts going on recently about him being the low-key uh DMF because of all of the uh all of the big names that he's fought throughout his entire career. It's pretty impressive. But this fight should be pretty good. Luke A sounds like he's fully ready and Papa looks like sounds like he is as well. Heard them both on on the uh UFC Unfiltered podcast today. So uh we'll start from the bottom of the main card though actually let's see who is on this is the first fight of the main card but let's check out the bottom real quick i know there's a couple notables down there juliana miller last season's uh, ultimate fighter winner against luana santos is the first fight of the night on the undercard uh let's see who else Terrence McKinney, who I was talking about earlier, versus Mike Breeden. Terrence McKinney pretty much can, you can sum up his entire career in less than five minutes. And I'm talking like fight time. <laughs> his fights are very fast. He's 13 and six, but he, you know, he does lose. He is on a two fight losing streak. But I mean, uh, he had such crazy wins right away. Seven-second knockout of Matt Frivola in his UFC debut, which is nutty. Uh, he's had a lot of under-one-minute fights that he's won or lost even, one of them. But, uh, yeah, he's got a 3-3 three and three record in the UFC, so that's kind of tough. But he is an impressive fighter. And he's definitely one of those to look out for in the near future. He is fighting Mike Breeden, who's 10 and 5. Then you got, uh, then we get to this fight Josh Framed versus Jamie Pickett. Uh, Framed is 10 and 4. I think that's how you say his name. That's kind of a tough, weird one. But he's 10 and 4 overall, coming off a win to Sadiqris 
Dumas. Um, yeah. Before that, he had two losses in a row. So, won by Guillotine in his last fight. That was in March of this year. So, he has, hasn't been too long since he fought. And he's fighting Jamie Pickett. Who was the guy that unfortunately got finished quickly by Bo Nickel in his last fight. It was uh, 254 of the first round. And, you know, there was that accidental slash... Who knows if it was actually a throwing shot that kind of doubled him over. And that's kind of where Bo Nickel got him and finished him from. So kind of a tricky one. But he did lose by arm triangle choke in the first round against Bo Nickel. He's on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, So yeah, he's looking. They're both trying to get back in the win column. Oh, I'm sorry. He's looking to get back in the win column because Josh Frame actually coming off a win Jamie Pickett though like I said uh heavy hands he is he's come he's coming from Dana White's contender series of course uh 13 and 9 Let's see yeah Dana White's contender series uh his first fight was against Tafan and and Chuck Wee which I believe is fighting on this card as well uh, he's, oh shit, Jamie Pickett fought twice on Dana White's Contender Series. Lost his first one against Punahele Soriano, who is actually somebody still in the UFC now. Um, fought another fight somewhere else and then came back and won a fight in Dana White's Contender Series to get into the, uh, into the UFC. So, and we move on to, well, shit, there, oh no, this is Tafan and Check. Check we oh crap. I forgot the eye, that's why. <laughs> ah well. Um AJ Dobson versus Tafon. Oh, we'll just say Tafon. Because that's a tough last name. But uh AJ Dobson is six and two coming off a loss. But before that, he had a win in Dana White's contender series. So oh, he's coming off two losses. Shit. Two in a row. So he has not won officially in the UFC just yet. But he's looking for his first win. Uh, but I mean, he was pretty impressive in in Dana White's Contender Series. Wound up winning by submission by rear naked choke in the first round. So that was a good way to get in the UFC. But he's got to get into the win column because damn, he has yet to win one in the UFC. And then we have Tafan and. Chuck Wee, I think how you say his name. <laughs> Six and three, but it is also on a losing streak. Two fight losing streak. Last fight being against Carlos Olberg by TKO. Lost before that was by KO. And then his own his only wins in the UFC have been by decision, except for Dana White's contender series, which is a head kick knockout. Damn. A lot of contender series fighters maybe because the contender series just started again so they're like uh bringing back all the guys from there who knows but this fight should be a good one Pollyanna viana if you're interested i believe she has an only fans if not just check out her instagram because that's good too <laughs> but uh she was this she was a girl that was kind of there was talks about her being with cody uh not Cody in 
what is that dumb shit's name oh my god i just totally spaced it probably because he's irrelevant Colby covington that's who the fuck i was trying to say <laughs> she was a train uh training partner with him and and there was talks about them being together or whatever but who knows i don't know why she would even think about doing that but she is fighting yasmin lucindo so aliana viana is 13 and 5 13 and 5 overall. Coming off a win against Jenny Fry, which is a pretty good win on her for her in uh November of last year. Has a loss to Tabitha Ricci, though, which Baby Shark is a tough opponent. So can't down on her there. But she does have a win over Emily Whitmire. Been in the UFC since 2018, so uh but her record's not great. She's like four and four in the UFC. So, against she's fighting against Yasmin Lucindo, and she is fourteen and five. And I covered her not too long ago because she was fighting against Brogan Walker, which was April of this year. So that's why I remember she got that unanimous decision win against Brogan Walker. So she's coming off a win. Before that, she had a loss. Uh, this is only her third fight in the UFC. So that should be a pretty decent fight. Let's move on to Khalil Roundtree versus Chris Dacus. Um, This could be a very boring fight or it could be a very exciting fight because Khalil does both. Sometimes he bores you with his, with his wrestling and stuff um, or he just gets wrestled. Uh, maybe that's more of it. But either way, Chris Dawkins is a heavy hitter, pretty much. And I feel like if they get in a war, that's what's going to make this exciting. We have Khalil Roundtree, 11-5. and five, Big heavy hands. Used to be like a 300-plus pound guy. And now he is fighting in the division, is this? A light heavyweight. So he's like 205. Um, but yeah, he's on a three-fight win streak. Uh, last fight being against Dustin Jacoby in October of last last year. So it's been a while since he's fought, but he's on a three-fight win streak. And like I said, he's got TKO win, TKO win, but then he's got split decision, decision, TKO decision, KO, TKO decision. <laughs> so it's like every now and again, he just gets into a boring fight. Because I know most of his decision fights have been kind of boring. But he's fighting Chris Dacus, who has a brother who fights in UFC as well. Kyle Dacus, I think. And I believe he's a lower weight. Um, yeah, this is weird. So I guess Chris is going down from heavyweight because he says he weighs 243 pounds. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I guess so, because he he had three... Yep, because he had three losses in a row in the heavyweight division against Jarzinho Rosenstruck, Curtis Blades, and Derek Lewis. Ah, damn. Before that, though, he was on a four-fight win streak. Now he's on a three-fight losing streak. So I guess he's changing it up, going down to light heavyweight. 
um, against Khalil Roundtree. So this should be a pretty decent fight. Has potential to be a really good fight if things go the way that they could go. So now we move on to Cub Swanson versus uh, Hakeem Dawadu. Cub Swanson is a vet. He's been around for a long ass time and he's usually involved in very good and very exciting fights. But you know, he's been in a lot of wars. He's up there in age. He is 39 now, and that's that's a lot for fighting fight fight years. He's 28 and 13. Um, and he's coming off a loss to Jonathan Jonathan Martinez in October of last year. Kind of had a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss type record recently. But Cub's a killer. He's a fighter. And he's a, you know, he's one of those guys where he's definitely going to come out there and put his all out. Um, he lost by TKO leg kicks in his last fight, which is crazy. Before that, though, spinning wheel kick TKO for him against Darren Elkins. The damage. Um, and his opponent is Hakeem Dawadu. There's another picture of in a battle. Bloodied up like always. Moving on though to Hakeem Dawadu, 13 and three uh, with one draw. He's only 32, so seven years younger. Also coming off a loss though to Julian Arosa, September of last year. So it's kind of the same amount of time that they haven't, uh, that they haven't fought. A lot of decisions, whether it wins or losses on uh, Dawadu's record. But anytime I've seen him fight, it's been pretty good. So it's one of those decisions where you're going to be entertained type fights. As you can see here with the head kick. Big body punch here. Uh, i to figure out who that was. Did I'm already out of that drink. I'm so damn thirsty right now. I don't even know why because I've drank so much water today. But move on to the main event which is Vicente Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos this one should be pretty good because Rafael Dos Anjos has been around for a long time he's a legend ex, ex champion and Luque is just one of those uh, you know good up and comers good name been in some good fights and you know people talk highly of him all the time he is 21 and 9. Uh with coming off two losses though, fortunately. AO by punches to Jeff Neal and Bilal Muhammad decision. Before that, though, he was on a four-fight win streak with fights against uh wins against Michael Chiesa, Tyron Woodley, Randy Brown, and Nico Price. All big good names. Uh he's got a win against Mike Perry, Brian Barberena, uh, Jalen Turner. Another win against Nico Price. Another win against Bilal Muhammad. It's crazy. He's fought a lot of guys. And he's been around for quite a while. And yeah, you can definitely expect a good fight with any time Vicente Luque is winning. This is a nasty punch against Mike Perry looking all bloody already. Then you got RDA with the great kicks. Uh, high pace fight. Always with him. 32 and 14, 38 years old. Coming off a win over Brian Barberena. That was a submission. Before that, he had a loss to Rafael Faziv. 
and then a couple wins before that against Felder and Hanato Cornero. I won't even go into the amount of big names that he's fought. Leon Edwards, Kevin Lee, Mara Usman, Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny, and the list goes on. It's insane how many big names and how many crazy fights that RDA has had. But he's good on the ground as well. So Luke's got to watch out for those submissions. Um, overall, I feel like it should be a pretty decent fight. I'd like to see Dos Anjos win, but I like Luke too. So I'll just be watching this one for the entertainment value pretty much. And that wraps that up for this week's fights coming up those will be the main card starts at 4 p.m prelims start at 1 p.m that's all arizona time so a little bit of an earlier start shouldn't be too bad um yeah check it out don't forget that's the ufc fights for this week and that wraps it up for everything else i had a lot to talk about i went on and on and on the, the beginning Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, of course, I was going to talk about that a bunch, you know, and then all of the upcoming fights and all the rest of the Paul brothers and Dana White drama individually, by the way, and then everything else, fighter pay. Anytime we talk about fighter pay, I'm going to go off and I'm going to have an opinion and it's going to it's going to be a, a, a long winded opinion. <laughs> so it is what it is. That's what we're here for. Have fun. Talk about a lot of cool shit and wrap it up and that's what i'm about to do now so don't forget to like and subscribe and share it with a friend you can listen to this on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts if you don't find it somewhere let me know and i'll try to get it there or just make sure you tune in again next thursday 7 p.m right here on youtube i'm out i'm done talking i need more drinks have a good week. Don't forget to watch all the good fights this weekend. Take it easy. Peace.